Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rethink Retail. I'm your host, Julia Hare, and today we are speaking with my guest, Eva Press. Eva is the Vice President of Meta's North American Global Business Group. Thank you for joining the show today, Eva. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. Well, I am I am like out of the world excited to talk with you because every single person in retail right now is talking about the metaverse. It's the hottest topic, I would say. There's a lot of naysayers, there's a lot of promoters, there's a lot of opinions, and I think there's also a lot of confusion. So hopefully you can help clear some things up. Um, But, you know, I'll just set the stage by mentioning that we've seen consumer spending shifting from products to experiences over the last couple of years. It's a pretty big shift. And we're seeing immersive brand experiences popping up more and more and becoming more quality. Um, Mm -hmm. And alongside of this is social media, influencer culture, younger consumers, Gen Z and now Gen Alpha are seeking out these brand experiences that are highly visual, interactive, and worthy of sharing with their peers, which is really hard to do for any retailers listening, you know, it's way, way harder than it looks to really get those, um, exceptional experience. So Eva, can you walk us through the trend a little bit on how social selling has evolved during your time at Facebook now meta? And what does that look like in 2022? Yeah. You know, I've been with the company now for over 10 years and social selling or commerce has really been a central part of the experience on our platform for probably most of that time. And it's really been guided by what we see happening with the people who use our platforms. And so if you think about marketplace, right, that evolved after we saw people using our platforms to sell things. And they were selling everything from bicycles to coffee tables to used cars and everything in between. And the way they were starting to do that was by posting a picture of the product on their profile with a for sale caption. And then over time, they started building out these buy and sell groups. And we saw that happening and created Marketplace, which now has over a billion people globally visiting Facebook Marketplace. So that really came out of consumer behavior. And then another great example is if you think back to the early days of Instagram, you actually couldn't link out from a post to be able to purchase a product. So we saw brands and creators being really clever and they were posting the links to their websites in their profiles so people could actually go and buy the products that they saw and liked. And you fast forward to today, you can not only link directly to shop now from a post or an ad, but you can also tag products in the post so it gets easier and easier to buy the things that you see and love. And I think the thing that's been consistent about the way that we see our commerce work and and really everything that we do is that we are focused on removing friction and on making it easier for people to discover and then ultimately to buy the products that they love. And, you know, we see a lot of times those are things that people didn't even realize that they wanted or needed. And over and over and over again, we found that really one of the superpowers of our platform is driving what we call discovery commerce, which is um, that sort of serendipitous moment when you find this amazing product through the power of personalized ads, through your connections with creators. And um, and that really has been central to a lot of the, the commerce and the social selling that we see on the platform. And I always like to ask, so I'm going to ask you, uh, is there a product or a brand that you have discovered through Instagram or Facebook that you didn't even know that you needed in your life until you uh, until you found it? 
Absolutely. I mean, from big to small items, the the most recent one, because I am pregnant, I think a lot of the listeners know, or at least if you, if you didn't know, I am seven months pregnant. So I have baby products on the mind and I was targeted with a, a Lalaboo dad shirt and it's a Ooh. t-shirt, but it has a pocket in the front and it's reinforced so they can put the infant baby kind of like a kangaroo pouch, <laughs> but for dads. And it was so odd, but it had tons of reviews and like people commenting and it looked like really authentic reviews. So I went ahead and bought one. Um, and that was my latest kind of impulse buy based on Instagram and Facebook targeting. I love that. And I, and I love when you, when you find something and you've never heard of it, you never thought of it, but suddenly it is the thing that you desperately need. Yeah. I mean, it was just so cool. I was like, I didn't know this existed. Um, so I don't know. I will see it's in the mail. So I'll, you'll have to let me know maybe. (laughs) Yeah. And there, there was another thing. It was just silly. Um, I'm on marketplace all the time. It's actually, it's it's like an addiction. (laughs) I like to check and see what's out there. And there were, there was an ad tucked into just my search and it was Mm -hmm. for some prank sticker. And I showed my husband and he went ahead and bought it. Um, because we, we play jokes on my brother. So just even little things where you're, you're not even expecting to buy it, but you're like, this is funny. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's that joy of discovering something that really is, is the most fun um, about the way that products get sold and and find people on our platforms. Mm -hmm. What about you? I have to punt it back to you. Do you have your last impulse purchase? I don't know if it's my last, but one of the ones that's just stuck with me is um, Pros, which is, I don't know if you know it, it's a um, personalized hair care product. And mm. um, the the ads kept finding me on Instagram. It, it's amazing. It had great reviews, just like the, the shirt that you described. And they basically customize the hair care for your hair type for the season. You can choose the fragrance. It's amazing. And my hair has never been healthier or looked better. And so I'm, I'm a huge advocate. Okay. I'm, I wrote that down because I'm going to have to look at that brand. I will say I'm currently using a Davinus hair products because we mm. had, um, a, someone from there on the podcast just a month ago. And she sent me some really nice products, which I do love their stuff, but I'm always open to testing new things. So I will look it's pros P R O S E. That's it. Very cool. Well, I wanted to get back to some questions specifically about, um, the metaverse, because that's the hot topic right now. And I wonder, you know, we're going straight to the source. So Eva, Mm -hmm. if you could explain from your point of view, your bird's eye view, uh, what it is. Yeah, it's such a good question. And I think the metaverse is kind of hard to pin down right now, really for two reasons. First is it's not just one thing. It's a lot of different things. It, it really is a series of interconnected digital spaces that are ultimately going to allow people to move seamlessly between them and, and do things that you can't do in the physical world. A lot of times with people you're not even physically with. And I think a lot of people make this leap that the metaverse is synonymous with VR, but that's really a small part of the overall experience. It encompasses everything from 2D video calls to augmented reality or AR to entirely immersive 3D virtual reality worlds that are all stitched together to form this next iteration of the internet. So the fact that it's multiple things means that it's a little harder to wrap your your head around. And I think the second reason is because it really is early days. I, I think about it as 
you know, we're back in the early days of the World Wide Web for those of us who lived through that in the early to mid 90s or smartphones in, you know, around 2005. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone thinks it's amazing. Not a lot of people have really experienced it or figured out what to do with it yet. And in the same way that those technologies changed so much for us, the metaverse is fundamentally going to change the way people interact with each other, the way they interact with brands, the way they interact with both the physical and the digital worlds. And for us, you know, we believe that it is the next evolution in social technology. It is the next big computing platform. And that's really why we changed our name to the metaverse um, to, to ensure that we're really focused on that future state. But, you know, I also want to be really clear that in the same way that the metaverse isn't just one thing, um, it's not going to be owned or built by just one company. We're working very closely with others across the industry and building devices and platforms and marketing strategies that will really enable and power and grow the space. Mm-hmm. I think that is definitely something that is a little bit like a black box right now in terms of who the big winners will be in, in the metaverse space and what the coolest platform you know, what the coolest experiences will be. And it's kind of hard to imagine, I think, for a lot of people, because even back, like you said, when the World Wide Web was a relatively new thing, you just couldn't imagine how people would operate 20 years later, Um, you know, and and live online in a a lot of ways and have these online personalities that are an extension of yourself, but maybe a little bit um, highlight reel and things like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you said 2D video calls, AR and VR, it's multiple formats. It's not just the, what you're thinking of the put on a headset in VR and you're in the metaverse. It's more than that. Yeah. It's really about all of these digital experiences that are connected together to create this other um, dimension, this other world that, that people can participate in and you can participate in it fully immersively, but also in ways that are a bit more lightweight, that are more sort of connected to the physical world. And I think that's really important to understand the full spectrum, particularly for marketers and for retailers, as you're thinking about how to lean into this space, knowing that you don't have to go all the way to building this virtual reality world, I think is really important as you think about how to experiment and how to try things um, and see what works and see what drives your business. Mm -hmm. One of my Favorite things about 2022 is that we are finally getting back to live person events. And one event Rethinker Retail is especially looking forward to this year is Shop Talk Europe. Taking place June 6th through 8th at Excel London, Shop Talk Europe is the new home for Europe's retail and grocery changemakers. The event is expected to see over 2,500 decision makers from leading retailers and brands. You'll also see startups, tech firms, investors, media like Rethink Retail, and analysts from around the world. Yes, we are all coming together to learn, network, collaborate, and evolve. The event will host more than 200 industry speakers. And if that wasn't enough to keep you busy... More than 250 companies will be showcasing the latest trends and innovations that are transforming the global retail sector. Qualifying retailers and brands can attend Shop Talk Europe for free and receive up to a 500 pound travel reimbursement 
through Shop Talk's world-renowned hosted meeting program. For more information, to see the lineup, or to register your company, shoptalkeurope.com is the place to visit. Again, that is shoptalkeurope.com. And I want to ask you, because we had um, the VP of Innovation at Carrefour on. Mm-hmm. And he was mentioning, he was like, I can't talk about it yet, but we have just purchased real estate in the metaverse, which sounds a little crazy. However, if you think back to the World Wide Web, when people were yeah. purchasing domains, I guess you could say that's similar. It's digital property. How do you see the retail space tying into the metaverse maybe in the next year from now? Do you think it'll take three years? What's the timeline for retailers to really get invested? I think it depends on on how deep of an investment we're talking about, right? I think the the reality is that people are already leaning in, right? And so in the same way that we started to see changes happening, um, as, as you mentioned, with the way that people market as they got further and further into World Wide Web, as, as those experiences and as it became more common for people, if you think about the, the very simple banner ads that we all used to run, <laughs> there were basically static banner ads. And then it evolved to, to full page takeovers, to video ads with interactive experiences. It wasn't even possible to think about. And so I do think that if we think about what we're going to see over the next year, it's probably going to be more in the AR um, augmented reality type space. And I also think it's going to continue down this idea of personalized experiences and thinking about how to build out not only businesses to sell you know, the digital and physical goods, but also how to build deeper connections with people. And so a few examples of how that sort of could play out. And we're starting to see things like this already. Um, But, you know, a fashion brand could invite their VIP customers to a front row virtual seat at their fashion week show, and that it would be a more immersive experience. But you think about a furniture company making it possible to see what the products are going to look like in their home before they buy them. We see people doing that already. You can think about like a grocery store hosting interactive demos of recipes with a celebrity chef with sponsored ingredients or clothing companies creating digital avatars uh, or digital clothes that your avatar can wear, but that you can also wear out in real life to bring that connection between the physical and the virtual worlds. And the thing that I'm, I'm honestly really excited about is if you think about retailers, they are not only some of the most creative marketers in the world, they're also among the best at creating interactive and experiential marketing experiences and using that to build these deep connections with people. So the seeing, seeing retailers start to lean into this space and turn their creativity to this new space is extraordinarily exciting. I think, you know, the only other thing as I think about what this is going to look like for retailers is the thing that we know will always be true about marketing is it has to drive business goals and it has to drive sales. So what we're seeing is that the the partners we're working with who are being really smart and thoughtful about how they are entering the space are making sure that they are 
thinking about what their business goals are as they go into building any sort of an experience. You know, how do we, they want their consumers to feel? What do they want their consumers to know or to learn about the brand or the product from that activation? And then building out the experience rather than just trying to build something that's cool, but may not fully drive the brand or sales goals for that uh, company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying we always have to tr- drive back to the business goals from any of these relatively large marketing investments. And you mentioned a lot of sub-verticals in retail, mm-hmm. fashion, furniture, grocery. Um, I can think of entertainment with the mm-hmm. Fortnite video game and the Travis Scott concert that was yeah. um, streamed over the pandemic. And that was extremely successful. So if you're listening, you can look up some of those shocking stats. But is this geared toward a lot of people talk about demographics? I think there's a lot of psychographics that are really mm-hmm. important, probably for the type of people that are going to be first movers or who are first movers. Do you have any information on on that so far? Again, I think that if you're looking at the broader experiences and and really thinking about AR filters, there are far less limitations. I think. Yes, the the full-on virtual reality experiences are a bit more limited today, but we know 55% of consumers are saying that more of their lives and their livelihoods are moving into digital spaces. So we know that consumers are spart- starting to spend their time in these digital spaces in much more immersive ways, and they're spending on digital ad pro- digital digital products in those those spaces. So. I really do think that it's going to be, we're going to see people leaning, continuing to lean into AR as the first space. Interesting. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. And we've heard about different brands having limited collection drops. Uh, You mentioned the users spending money to get a digital version of their product. That's Mm -hmm. probably really specific for luxury, Um, but I could see it in other categories. What about... um, NFTs, because I know Nike and beauty brands like Clinique are are dabbling in NFTs. Are there other retail categories that you think are leaning into that trend? I think we'll start to see it more and more. Again, it's really early days, but there isn't just any one retail category that's leaning into the metaverse and into NFTs. This is where the full creativity of retailers becomes really important. And it is about how do you how do you drive that excitement and um, and passion for the brand while also driving business goals and the the retailers who are doing it in really smart ways are using NFTs even at this early stage as an experimental way to build connection to drive sales because it's not often not just the the NFT that they're selling but the physical version of that NFT as an exclusive. Um, and then what is that, what do you learn from that? And how do you continue to evolve your strategy around NFTs? At the end of the day, I don't think that we are going to see major distinctions between any company thinking about how to engage in this space and how to use NFTs in really smart ways. Mm, okay. Well, I wanted to ask, because if I'm a retailer listening and I haven't yet uh, invested in the metaverse. How do, do you know? How can you talk at all to how that process looks? How they go about it? Yeah, you know, the reality is that that we are very focused on helping to create the um, 
the solutions and the ways that people can lean in on starting to build out their their activations in this space and working with partners like Spark AR uh, to create AR effects is a really great way to lean in and try things. I'll give you a couple of examples because I think it can be helpful to dimensionalize how to think about this space. Sure. Um, there's a great example that came from The Gap recently. They created this AR effect that let people try on their puffer jacket, you know, that iconic Gap puffer jacket. And the filter was an AR filter that was as realistic as a 3D rendering. And then they brought some of the Gap sort of spirit, brand spirit to it with the with these cartoon legs and then these snowflakes that fell around <laughs> you and a holiday jingle. And they were able to use that ad, that effect in both ads and organic posts and with a creator to bring it to life in a pretty holistic way. And that's a, I love that example because it really does lean in on a product that's really important to Gap. So there's a clear business goal and it gives you a sense of what you're going to look like in it, but also has the fun of the Gap and the playfulness of the brand incorporated. So it, it is a fully realized experience. And then I want to give you another example because that one is is pretty clearly tied to um, something that we can all understand, right? You mentioned we think about beauty and we think about fashion when we think about some of the activations in the metaverse. One of the examples that I really love and that I think taps into some of that creativity I talked about comes from Sephora. And they launched their fragrance brand during the pandemic. And we all know stores were closed. It's really hard to sell fragrance when you can't actually go into the store and smell the the different scents. They really smartly partnered with a neuroscientist and they created these ads that used visual cues to trigger scent memories that gave you a sense of what that perfume, what that, that fragrance was going to smell like. And they called the campaign Smell With Your Eyes and it drove really impressive results on ad recall and purchase intent. Um, and again, they partnered with creators. They used their owned assets in a really smart way. And to me, that just speaks to, of, of all the things that I think we've struggled with in digital, fragrance is one of those because there is that sort of sensorial need. And this was such a smart and creative way to think about that a little bit differently using new capabilities that weren't necessarily possible a few years ago. That is so cool because I think scent is actually one of the strongest senses tied to memory, right? Exactly. That's what I've heard. So that's really interesting. And it, and it comes back to just old school marketing when you think about subliminal messaging. Um, yes. They brought in the neuroscientists to try to figure out what would trigger those memory senses for people. That's so cool. Yeah. Actually, I'll share, uh, there's one other one that I think is really interesting that's also... Um, not quite as as straightforward as some of the ones that I think we've been talking about. And that one came from Athleta. And um, during the pandemic, they realized that women really needed a little bit of a break um, and that they were really sort of stressed and uh, <laughs> struggling. And so, yeah. as I think we all were. And so they used, um, they created an AR effect that let you be transported to one of three destinations for this moment of tranquility and meditation. And you would choose either mountain or beach or field. And then you would choose if you wanted to have a selfie view. So to sort of see yourself in that setting 
or if you wanted to have the opposite perspective and be looking out at that setting. And it was a really calming way to give people a little bit of respite and a little bit of break at a really difficult time. And I, I love that example because again, it's not, it's so clearly tied to priorities for the brand and the spirit that they want to create and the work that they want to do to support women, but it's not an obvious answer of how you would do it. Mm-hmm. Not obvious at all. And uh, let me ask, would you choose beach or mountain or um, field? That's a, it's a hard one. I'm, I'm a Florida girl, so I'd probably choose beach. Yeah. I'm beach all the way. All the way. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love that you gave those examples between gap and Sephora and Athleta and Eva. I really enjoyed having you on the show. I want to close out with one more question, which is just looking into the future. Are there aspects of the metaverse or of retail experiences that you're most excited to see how they evolve? You know, I go back to this idea that it's still such early days that the thing that excites me the most is seeing these creative examples. We are we are at the beginning of the next computing platform which is just so much fun to think about and while it's really easy for us to imagine how this comes to life for fashion and beauty in very straightforward ways as we think about what's going to happen next and you think about some of those examples I just shared, that's what's most exciting. It's it's really not about which retailers have the right to play in the space or, or which retailers are going to do the first things in the space. It's about who's going to really lean in, make the most of the metaverse, create these really personal, interactive, immersive experiences that people get really excited to discover and experience, and then obviously, ultimately drive their business results. That's what gets me really excited is being part of this from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's an exciting time, and it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Eva, with all of your knowledge and just direct connection to some of the biggest game changers in the industry. Again, we had Eva Press, the vice president of Meta's North American Global Business Group. Thank you so much for joining. And I hope to have you on the show again in the future. Thank you so much. I would love to come back and chat some more. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. That's this week's Retail Rundown. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.